Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to seek God's presence and serve God's people. Now, let's get to the message. We are in the middle of a sermon series called Just Jesus. So if you're here for the first time, um, the great news about this sermon series is that we are literally just focusing on an aspect of the person of Jesus every single week. So um, if you missed any of our messages from the last couple of weeks, you can go back and listen to those. It doesn't necessarily all build on one another, but it's just we've become obsessed with the person of Jesus, right? Obsessed. What I've noticed is throughout this sermon series, there has been an unusual, I mean, maybe it should be usual, but an unusual sense of unity um, in, our, in our team and in our body and in our worship. I don't know if you've noticed, like when you gather around the right thing, everything lines up. Everything is just, it flows, right? And so I've just noticed in our worship, our, our times of worship have been incredibly powerful. So if you've been in a season where you're tempted to like go into summer mode and like check out and not be in the building and go like to, you know, the park on a Sunday, I must, must, must ask you to come to the building on Sundays. And the reason is because there is something unique that happens when you are in the room with other believers worshiping Jesus. I cannot explain it. I cannot put my finger on it and you cannot get it online um, away from, sure, Jesus can be in your living room. That's true. He can, he can wreck your life and transform your life no matter where you are. There's people who are watching from all over the world. They, their churches aren't even meeting yet. They're in different nations. But we have the privilege of being in a city and in a nation where we can gather together and be in his house and be in the presence of God. And I don't know why, aside from Jesus is building this thing, that he loves to show up here when there's a whole community of people who are locked in and locked on him and unified around him and something happens. Something happens. I don't know if you feel like you're in worship and you're like, something is happening. Something's happening. That's how I felt this morning. I was like, oh, Jesus, something is happening. <laughs> so please, um, I know that summer travel is kicking in, but when you are in town, be in the building. Please, please be in the building. But I, I woke up um, on Tuesday morning, and I felt the Lord speak to me, and he said, Allison, the silent season is over. And I've been in this season with the Lord where I feel like he's been really quiet. I don't know if anybody else has felt like that. They've been in a season with the Lord and they're like just at his feet, but he's just been quiet. And um, I felt like, I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And I just felt him like speaking to me in a fresh way and in a new way. And I felt like the Lord was like, that's not just for you. That is for your community and that's for your church. And so I want to make this declaration over you. If you've been in a season in a place where you have continually showed up at the feet of Jesus and you felt like it's been quiet, I feel like to declare over you that the silent season is over and that the one who, who wants to take you on a journey of a lifetime is opening a door of invitation to invite you into a new place of adventure with him. And I just saw this picture of myself because the Lord spoke to me first walking through this doorway, like the, do the door had been swung wide open, but I had to walk through it. 
And I, there, it felt like, okay, the, the invitation was there, but I had to say yes to the invitation. And I think that the Lord is offering invitations this morning, and he's offering invitations to our church community to walk in a new way and to go on a fresh adventure with him. And honestly, I feel like the Lord wants to open up the lines of communication here. And I feel like we're about to walk into a season of unusual communication, like dreams and visions and like really understanding the voice of the Lord. And I love dreams and visions, but I hate not doing anything about them. And so I don't want to be a community that is so obsessed with hearing from God and then doing nothing with it. And in fact, like some of the silent season has been because you just need to go back and do the last thing that he asked you to do. And it's going to kick open a doorway of communication from the Father in a fresh way for you. But I refuse to be a people that are so consuming and never doing what he asks us to do. We take the voice of the Lord very seriously here. We are not an entertainment culture that just wants to be entertained by like a good prophetic word from the Lord to like give us good feels. I truly want transformation in our lives here. I truly want Jesus to do something fresh in our lives. And so if you receive that invitation, just say, I receive it. Yes, Jesus, we receive that invitation. Just be on the lookout for unusual communications from the Father. I truly believe that he wants to invite you on an adventure in this season. So today, I don't have a ton of time, but we're going to study a new facet, not a new facet, it's been there for all of eternity, but for us in this series, a fresh facet of Jesus, and that is Jesus as the good shepherd. I love the good shepherd. He is so faithful, and the title of my talk today is this, Jesus, the one who leads me. Jesus, the one who leads me. And my question for you today is, do you let him lead you? Do you let him lead you? Do you let him be the good shepherd in your life? Because he always has been and he always will be, but will you let him be your good shepherd? Will you let him be the one who leads you? And today I wanna kind of um, study the leadership of Jesus, okay? I love the topic of leadership. And leadership is like a very like popular conversation, mostly because our world is void of great leaders. And so we're like very obsessed with the the topic and the conversation, but I truly think that it is only in the life of the good shepherd that we can find the healthy posture for leadership. I think when we look at the life of Jesus, we understand what it means to be led and we understand what it means to lead because we all are leading something. Did you know that? We're all leading something, even if that's just us. Some of us aren't even great leaders of ourselves yet and that's okay. But that's maturity. Maturity is your ability to lead you. It's not your age. It's not your, you know, the time that you've been walking with the Lord. It's your ability to lead you in the way of Christ Jesus. Then you get anointed with authority to lead others in the same way. So don't be surprised if, 
if you're not doing a great job yet leading you in the ways of Jesus, that he hasn't yet anointed you with authority to lead someone else just yet. That's actually his kindness. It's his love towards you and towards everyone else. And today I want us to get a good understanding of what it looks like to be led and what it looks like to lead through the life of Jesus. So we're gonna read from John 10, verse seven through 14. It's gonna be on the screen behind me if you don't have your Bible. But we're gonna jump right in here at verse seven. And it says, therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. Amen. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Sorry, water. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. For I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, however, is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know the sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay my life down for the sheep. I believe that we are in a season where the sheep have been scattered to some extent. And I think that the body of Christ is in desperate need of good shepherds and leaders who will bring the sheep back together and, and bring them around one person and one person alone, which is the only good shepherd. His name is Jesus. And so in this passage, if you didn't recognize, we are the sheep, right? <clears throat> Hello, I am a sheep. And um, the sheep are any, any of us who have said yes to the voice of the good shepherd and are following him, right? And if you haven't said yes to the good shepherd just yet, I'll give us a chance at the end today to say yes to his voice. He's way better than you think he is. And in this passage, we find the steep contrast between the thief and the good shepherd. And we have that infamous moment in verse 10 where Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And so today I really wanna look at Jesus in the, in the place of the perfect leader. Did you know that he is perfect? That his leadership is perfect? And that even when it doesn't go the way you think it should, when you're following him, you are sure to find your perfect placement and you're sure to find your perfect end because he is the perfect leader. And, you know, we all are leading someone or something including ourselves, and it's why we have to be so dialed in as believers to what it means to be a good leader. None of us get to be exempt of what it means to be a leader. Because even if you never have kiddos, if you never have a job where you're leading anybody, if you're never in charge at some big you know, corporation, you need to know what it means to lead because you gotta at least lead you in the way of Christ Jesus. But I think some of us just discount it because you're like, I don't feel called to leadership. Well, too bad because you got to, you got to find a call. You got to get, get the call, <laughs> get the call. 
too bad. I know, but some of us think we ha- we get our we're outsourcing our you know our behavior to our leaders to like keep us in line. And there's a time for that, right? There's a time. There is a time as a, you know, in, when you're young in the Lord for accountability and for that, you know. But at some point, you got to lead you. At some point. We got to try. We got to do it. We got to go. And we got to do the thing. So I know. I feel like we're all together in this. I love it. See the unity? You feel the unity? I love it. So I've always been fascinated by leadership. Ever since I was a small kid, I I remember in first grade, I had um, two friends and they were like more like acquaintances, but they were very good friends. And um, they had gotten into a fight at lunchtime. And so they had decided not to speak anymore that day. And I was like, well, this is chaos. This should not happen. So I, in my little, you know, I guess I must have been seven-year-old self, I like marched. I can see Lucy doing this so much. It literally makes me laugh. <clears throat> but I marched them over to the corner in recess, and I was like, hey, we're going to work this out. So you're going to go first, and you're going to say, and then you're going to go, and then we're going to hug at the end. Isn't it funny how the Lord just sets you up and sets you on your pathway like so early on and like Jehovah sneaky in that way. And so even from a very young age, I I was fascinated of what with the idea that someone with enough love could bring people together. And like there could be, I could could change a scenario with with enough love and empathy and compassion for, for people and we could, you know, See, see situations turn on its head. And I was just obsessed with the idea. I'm like, oh, I have, I could have like influence. What does this mean? This is kind of wild. And I'm like a raging introvert. So I don't know how long I explored that um, tendency after <laughs> out of that time. Um, but, you know, I've always been very fascinated um, by, by leadership in general. And I've realized as I've gotten older that we, that we are a part of a culture that at this time is really quite allergic to leadership. And to be honest, I get it, right? We've had some pretty bad pictures of what leaders should look like in our life, which is why the body of Christ is in desperate need of a revelation of Jesus as the good shepherd and understand what it means to really lead well. And um, the problem with being allergic to leaders and not wanting any leaders in your life, nobody to tell you no or, hey, you're getting really close to that cliff. This could really take you off in a bad direction. The problem with saying no to that is that you become very vulnerable to attack. Did you notice that in the scripture? When you are away from the good shepherd and when you are away from the flock, you become vulnerable to attack. And so our generation as a whole is a generation living under the weight of attack. So we, we walk around burdened, right, by the lack of leadership in our life because great leaders lift burdens, right? Like they're the ones that come in and they're like, you don't need to carry that. That's, that's too big for you right now. It's actually okay. Let me help you with that. 
But when you say no to it, then you become so vulnerable. And part of the reason for church is because it's the picture of being together in the pin, right? Being together. Hey, we're here and we're not scattered all over the place. We're scattered all over the place, you know, all over the city throughout the week, right? We're working our jobs. We're in healthcare. We're teachers. We're lawyers. We're, you know, moms. We're all over the city scattered. But Sunday, we gather, right? And that's the picture of being together underneath the leadership of the good shepherd. And that's why it's so important. But what happens when you take somebody out of community or some, you go out on your own is almost like the same thing. Have you ever tended to a fire? I know you have. I made this comment in the first service. Everybody thought it was hilarious. But when Lyle and I were dating, I watched him chop wood once. And I was like, I need to marry that man. Game over. I don't know what it is. It's just great chopping wood, yes. Just take your date. Build a fire. It could work. It worked. So tending, tending to a fire, tending to a fire is um, both romantic and, no, okay, so... When all of the embers are together, it continues to generate heat for one another. So it's just like a fire, you tend to it. So the, the good shepherd or the one tending to the fire comes in and they scoot everything together and they throw on new logs and they like create this environment where there is um, togetherness and the fire is able to continue. But the moment you pull out something, it could be the hottest coal in there. It could be the hottest you know, piece of wood in there. But the moment you pull it out and you put it by itself, what happens? It starts to die. And the reason why Jesus does this so often, we have natural things that are parallel pictures of supernatural truths and spiritual truths, right? It's like the law of sowing and reaping. I'm pretty darn sure that he put that in motion strictly to show you that there is a law spiritually of sowing and reaping and the way that we see it is in the natural when we sow and when we reap, right? So he like put this, like he's so clever, he puts these things together to speak to us about spiritual truths, but they're natural truths and that's the same thing here. It is a spiritual truth, but we see, it's so easy for us to know it in the natural, but we're like, we could, that could never happen to me. I could never, I love Jesus so much. I spend hours in the prayer room online and I just, I get everything I need. But the problem is you are vulnerable to attack when you're not in the fold and when you're not connected. And I didn't make it up. He did, you know, and Jesus did. And I believe him. Do you believe him? I believe him too. So he said we're vulnerable to attack if we're outside of, of covering. So... In John 15 and 5, um, Jesus states this timeless truth. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. So that confirms, hey, okay, me out on my own can't get anything done. Me connected with Jesus bears much fruit. So the, the question is, have we followed a voice outside of the covering of Jesus? And if so, today is a really great day to, to get a new revelation of the perfect leader, Christ Jesus. And so Jesus paints a, a picture of what it looks like to follow and submit your life to a good leader. And so today I kind of want to dissect um, 
a little bit of some leadership truths that we find in the, in the life of Jesus because we all need them, okay? Whether you are leading a Fortune 500 company and you have 5,000 employees or you are a college student just leading yourself to get your homework done and be faithful to the thing you've said yes to, you need these truths in your life and they will bear much fruit um, in, in the long term. So everyone wants to follow a leader who will cover them when the arrows start flying. Amen. And Jesus paints this picture so perfectly for us. And we see in Matthew 9 and 36, um, when he says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. He's like, he's the God that's like, I see you far away and I want you close to me. That's why he went to the cross. He saw you far away and he wants you close to him. He's like, I need you to be connected to me. So he goes out and he's, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm filled with compassion for you. He never comes out after you not filled with compassion. He's never frustrated. Like, my God, this sheep went out again. I mean, maybe there's some of that because he's like so passionate about you, but what moves him is his compassion for you to be connected and close. And then in Matthew 18, 12, it, um, it says, what do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and even one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And that is your God, that is Jesus. That's what qualifies him as the perfect leader in your life. Jesus is qualified by his uh, his intent and his sacrifice, right? So he's qualified as, his, as your perfect leader because of the measure of sacrifice that he made for you. Leadership, a leadership qualifier is always sacrifice, 110%. So, so Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice and he had to make the biggest one, right? Because he is the leader of all, right? He is the one over everything. But your, your ability to sacrifice is part of your leadership development process. Just because you have to say no to something that you like to do because the Lord's spoken to you about it or somewhere you like to go or people you like to hang out with, it's not Jesus punishing you. He understands there's a measure of sacrifice as you grow and you mature into the measure of Christ Jesus and become a leader, but he's not asking us to do anything that he's not willing to do himself. He's like, I will lay it all down and I'll go after the one. I will, I will lay myself bare. I will lay my life down for the sheep because I want them for my own. So here are three leadership truths from the life of the good shepherd. The first is this, if you're taking notes. Jesus is discerning. Good leaders are discerning, not suspicious, but discerning. And there is a difference. Anyone can be suspicious. Listen, I hear things about all sorts of things all the time. But it takes a real leader to be discerning about what information comes across your desk. Um, Jesus says that he's the gatekeeper, meaning he sees all of the activity in the sheep pen. Do you know the shepherd is much taller than the sheep? Have you ever thought about that? Like the sheep in the very center, the most vulnerable sheep, which is their babies, they put in the very center. They can't see a thing. Not a thing. They're just trusting, like, but, you know, walking where they need to go. You know, like, that is them. 
That was me when I was knowing Jesus. Anybody else? I'm like, just whoever is, please help me get there. <laughs> but the shepherd is much taller than the sheep. He is the one who stands at the gate and he looks over the landscape of the field and of the mountains and of the pasture and he says, okay, it's time to stay here or it's time to go out there or this is a safe person to let in. Okay, I can let you out now, you know? Jesus is discerning because he's the gatekeeper. Jesus is the gatekeeper of your destiny. He is the gatekeeper of your dreams. He is the gatekeeper of your timelines. He is the gatekeeper of your life. So Jesus is really good if you let him lead you. He's really good at discerning your seasons. He's really good at knowing when it's time for you to do what you wanna do and what you're dreaming of doing and what, what's next for you, right? Because he sees the landscape of everything and he's like, no, 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 no. I am the gatekeeper, you came through me and I am your covering and now I see what is beginning to end. And it's my job here to make sure that you are safe. You're safe on the journey. First Peter 2.25 says this, for you were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your soul. And the reason is because all sheep tend to wander. I tend to wander. We all, you know, go in different, the kids are wandering somewhere down there yelling. <laughs> um, all sheep tend to wander, okay? I wander. Sometimes I'm like bored with my relationship with Jesus. Anybody else? That's a really good indication you've just wandered away from him, to be completely honest. Jesus is not boring. He is not your entertainment, but he is not boring. And when you are connected to him, he will lead you in truth in the way that you need to go. And allowing him to be the overseer of your soul protects the gateways of your seasons and of your time. And ultimately, I never want to find myself in in a great season without Jesus. I never wanna find myself there. I could be in the center of what is my promised land, but if he's not there, it's not my promised land. And you can have your promise out of the right timing of God. That is proven throughout scripture. You can apprehend it all on your own but I promise you, you will be far less satisfied in the middle of a promise without him there than you ever would be without your promise, but with the one who holds the stars and is the promise keeper and the only one who can save you from your sins and bring you into an eternal connection with him. So he is discerning. The second thing is this, Jesus is a protector. Good leaders are protectors. Listen, the shepherd, Jesus, has always been positioned to kill the thing that has tried to kill you. That is the nature of the good shepherd. And in the process, sometimes it feels like you're gonna die. I'm not gonna lie. But the good shepherd is faithful to press on the things in you that are trying to take you out. You might not even know they're trying to take you out. The wolf is very sneaky. When the sheep go to pasture, the wolf stays in the mountains and they call them like, they're like something about the shadow hunters, right? So they stay in the shadows until they attack. 
Sometimes you don't even know what's coming after you or what's around you. The thing that, you know, Jesus is like diverting you. And you're like, I thought I was going to my promised land. And he's like, we're going all the way around this way. Right? I've been there. I've been there. Walk you the long way around. Why? Because he wants to get you there intact. He doesn't want you to get there, you know, beat to shreds. So the, the shepherd has always been there to kill the things that are trying to kill you. And that is your sin too. So he's always been positioned to kill sin in your life and to deal a death blow to the things that try to take you out. Pride is one of them. You know, selfishness is one of those things. The Lord will do whatever it takes to kill those things in your life. He really will because he's a good shepherd and he's a good leader. Um, but he says, I'm the good shepherd because I lay my life down for the sheep too. And if you're, if sometimes, you know, you can have somebody like a hired hand, they would come, they'd watch the sheep for them for a moment, but it says the picture, right? When the wolf comes, they're the ones who scatter. And when like the hard times roll in, you can see who the real leaders are. You can see who's leading themselves really well when the hard times roll in. That's why Nicole's story is so powerful to me. Because life is not perfect and things happen in our life that are painful. But what you do with those painful moments in the place of the presence of Jesus determines how mature you are in God. How are we trusting God? Where does it lead us to? We cannot avoid the hardships. But do you scatter? Do you run away from him when the hard times come? If you do, I, I, I want to invite you back to the voice of the good shepherd the good shepherd, the one who leads you perfectly. And when you get a revelation of the goodness of God, everything changes. Everything changes. All the seasons, no matter if they're, they're good, you know, mountaintop seasons or valley seasons, it's all good, right? Oh, yeah. I hit, whether it's a mountaintop or valley, it's all good. Some of us don't believe that because we have not had that intimate revelation that he is a good shepherd and he's good no matter what season you're in, no matter what you're going through. But Jesus is your protector in the midst of those seasons and he does not scatter when the hard times come. And the mark of a good leader is their ability to keep their arms stretched over their people even when the hard times come at the expense of their reputation, at the expense of their life, it doesn't matter. It's like the difference between a mom and a nanny, right? As a mother, I mean, I know my, my friends care for my kids like they are their own. They truly do. But nobody loves my babies like I do. No, but I, I mean, it's proven. Moms can lift cars off their children if they need to. When push comes to shove, I'm the one there at two in the morning, you know, when the hard times are rolling in with my kids and they're sick. They were sick for like eight months this last year, you know, and that, that's what sets apart a leader from a hireling, a leader from somebody who's just there filling the gaps. You can tell when a leader is a hireling because, or they, they are not owning the opportunity to love and protect the sheep because when hard times come, they scatter or they scatter the sheep. So they scatter sheep um, and they are unrepentant and they scatter sheep through lack of repentance. 
Um, so when hard times come and we're in a culturally challenging moment in regards to leadership, I said at the beginning, I think we're in a season where the sheep have been scattered. You see the ones who are gathering the sheep back. Hey, let's get around the right thing. Let's get safe. They're the ones who are in the pen, bandaging up the wounded. Hey, how can I help you? I know that was really hard. That leader in your life really, really blew it. How can I help you? That's not who Jesus is. That's not who they all are. Come back in. I know you want to run that way. I'm coming to get you. Come back in. That is what good leaders do. They do not scatter sheep. They embrace broken people and broken situations. So here's the third thing and the final thing. Truth about Jesus' leadership is Jesus is vulnerable. <laughs> leaders who lack vulnerability are not real leaders. And it's really hard to decipher because it takes time sometimes to see because there's a difference between honesty and vulnerability, right? Honesty is I can, I can tell you the version of the story I would like for you to hear. But vulnerability is I'm telling you down to the bottom what's really going on. And I refuse to play a game. I just refuse. I just want you to know me and I want to know you and all of your funk. I have funk too. But we know each other in it and we're pushing each other back to the person of Jesus. And that's what Jesus said. I, I didn't make that one up either. I mean, I like a good vulnerability conversation. I, tr I truly do. But Jesus models it so effectively. And he says, listen, the sheep know me. They know what I smell like. They know what I think. They know what I like. They know what I don't like. They know me and I know them. I do not withhold anything from myself to them. And a good shepherd allows himself to be fully known by laying down with the sheep. They get in the funk. They get in the mess, right? Sometimes, you know, there's, we have a lot of leaders in this environment from our volunteer teams to our staff team. We have so many leaders here who are willing to climb in the mess with you. That's like their specialty. Like when we sit around our table and we're like, hey, we're not like, oh, what's all the clean? How did, it's so clean around here, right? We don't care. We don't, we like the mess, right? We don't, we don't like messes you refuse to clean up, but we will clean up any mess with you. <clears throat> but that's how you know that there is life on life, right? Non-vulnerable leaders are uncomfortable with messes, right? Uncomfortable because they're uncomfortable with their own mess. They're uncomfortable because they're humans. We're all humans. And we're trying to do our best to be like Jesus, but he laid it out perfectly for us. This is what it looks like. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Sheep are both very smart and very dumb at the same time, okay? Remember the butts in the faces. But they're smart enough to think that they could do things on their own sometimes, which is why they wander. They truly, they, got, they get used to the same pastures. They're like, I've got this, I can do this. It's fine. I can go out on this. But the shepherd, they know. And even if he's a long way away, they know his voice. I just read this week that shepherds catch baby lambs. So they wait. There's like a time in like the early, late winter, early spring when, you know, baby lambs are born. And shepherds stay up all night waiting for the birth of lambs. 
to go. And the reason is because they want their voice, aside from the bat of their own mother, to be the first voice that they hear when they're the sheep are born. Because they want to always have that rep, like, hey, you know my voice. I'm here. I've been here with you since the beginning. I've never not been here. You can trust me. I will always be here. And that's what it looks like to follow the good shepherd. He knows you. He's known you from the beginning. He knows all of your stuff. He knows how you tend to wander. He knows that you don't like to wait. He knows that you're frustrated with your process. He knows all of those things. And we wander in those moments. But he's like, hey, he's calling you. And that's why it felt like the Lord was like, I am ending the silent season because the voice of the good shepherd is calling some of you back, back to him, back inside the fold, back to the place of transformation, back onto the potter's wheel. I kept seeing the potter's wheel. That some of you hopped off the potter's wheel. Some of us hop off of it because we don't like the pressing of transformation, but we asked for it as we surrendered our life for him. Jesus, come into my life, transform me into the person that you want me to be. So as we follow him, it's not glamorous and it's oftentimes very messy. And that's what it's like to lead people. That's what it's like to lead yourself. It's messy, it's not glamorous. But to, we can't mix up the role of the good shepherd with the role of poor leaders in our life previously. Sometimes we like to conflate the two. Oh, as my dad wasn't a great leader in my house, then like the father's not actually a good father or because I had a, bad, a coach that really, really hurt my heart. Like I don't trust leaders in my life. Oh, I had a bad experience. And some of us are keeping ourselves in cycles of loneliness because we won't shed the idea that one time someone was human and they were a bad leader, but they were not the kind of leader that Jesus has set up for your life for the future. And I'm believing that the Lord is raising up in this hour in the body of Christ leaders that follow his voice, that know him intimately, that are discerning, that kill wolves that come, that never run or scatter the sheep. Those who at the expense of their own reputation and at their own life, that they would stretch themselves wide and be safe and be covering. And that's what I'm praying for here in this house. Jesus, give us a revelation of your goodness. Let us know you intimately and become more like you. So let's stand this morning as we close. I wanna pray specifically that the Lord would clear your framework of poor leaders in your life and that he would give you a new revelation of his goodness and his perfect leadership in your life. But before I do that, um, I wanna take a moment. If there's anybody in this room that knows that they are far away from the Lord or that they need to say yes to the voice of the good shepherd, the perfect leader, Christ Jesus. Um, I wanna give a moment to do that today. So if every eye could close, every head bow, please don't move. If you don't have a volunteer place to be right this second, please stay still as we do this moment. It's important. 
But with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that is you in the room, I am not going to ask you to do a cartwheel or run up to the front. It's between you and Jesus. But if that is you, could you just lift your hand so that I know who you are and can pray for you this morning? I see you. I see you. I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else want to say yes to the perfect leader, Christ Jesus? He is better than you think he is. I see you. All right, let's pray with those who have lifted their hands this morning. Say, Jesus, good shepherd, I give my life to you. I repent for my wandering. I repent for my sin. I receive your leadership in my life. And I receive your blood that washes away all of my sins. I belong to you, Jesus, for now and forever. In Jesus' name. Jesus, I thank you so much for every person in this room, every person watching online, every person who will listen to this message at some point in the future. God, I ask that you would give us a revelation of your goodness, your perfect leadership. Lord, I ask that every bad framework of leadership that has come across um, the lives of individuals in this room, Lord, I ask that you would wipe it clean right now, supernaturally, wipe it clean. Leadership problems that have caused you to be in cycles that you hate for years. Lord, I ask that you would break that now in the name of Jesus. I break agreements that um, bad leaders have spoken over your life, that you are not enough, that you will never be good enough, that you do not have enough. And I speak what the good shepherd has to say about you, which is you are enough. I will leave the 99 to come after you. There's nothing about you that is inconvenient to me. There is time for you. There is time for you. So Jesus, we pray right now, Lord, for a revelation of your goodness to flood this church in the name of Jesus. Lord, make legacy a house that loves to follow Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. All right, well, let's just give Jesus a round of applause. And I'm gonna have Bliss close us out. Or Lyle. For tuning into the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at legacynashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure you log into the store and give us a good review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Join us again next week for another powerful word.